Tonight, Star Wars brings on the Age of Rebellion, Captain Kirk's five-year mission gets a spotlight, and the award season rolls on on this edition of Multiverse Tonight! There are many universes out there. Welcome to the one with news about all the others. This is Multiverse Tonight. Now, here's your host, Thomas Townley. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Thomas Townley. So, uh, what do you think of the year so far? You know, I've, I've been watching Star Trek Discovery and the Orville, and I have to say that I've, I'm actually kind of enjoying this season of Discovery a lot better than the last season. You know, it's, uh, you know, much better put together than last season. And the Orville has done great this season as well. Uh, we'll have a little bit more about that later in the show. By the way, uh, if you want to help me improve this show f- for the new year, why not kick in a dollar or two? You can donate at uh, Coffee, like Anne, or on uh, Patreon. Just go to mtpodcast.com for links. You can also tip me from the Radio Public or Buzzsprout players, and uh, or uh, you can buy some swell merchandise for yourself as well by going to our Tee Public store. Just uh, check out multiversetonight.com to see the show notes, affiliate links, and the occasional original column, and much, much more. Now, let's get on with the show. Now, uh, we'll start off with Star Wars news here, and a report from Kutaku that the Star Wars game, codenamed Orca, has apparently been canned. What that game would have been is a bit of a mystery. And EA did not did release a very cryptic statement that cleared up, well, nothing. But we do have word from Rogue One writer Greg Witta, who shed some light on what it might have been about. Mr. Witta recently talked with Kind of Funny Games on YouTube, and was asked his thoughts on the matter. Witta told them, quote, It has been ca- catastrophically mismanaged. If I were Disney, I'd be effing, sir- effing furious. I saw a bunch of that game, and it looked terrific. It would have been Star Wars Uncharted. Now, a further update to the cancellation story on Kutaku by Jason Shearer. He says that uh, two anonymous sources have said that the game would have been an open-world game like the recent Spider-Man, Far Cry, Fallout 76, you know, those type of games, etc. And would have explored, had you explore various planets and featured old and new characters with the player taking on the role of a bounty hunter. Mm, too bad. You know, that sounds like it would have been an awesome game. Yeah, I'd say either EA just kind of blew it and just saved us, or just saved us, because the game was turning into something terrible. Although, a rumor is being uh, bandied about that they are working on something similar on a much smaller scale. Now, Marvel, the home of Star Wars comics for the rest of eternity, has recently ended the Age of Republic line of comics, that focused on characters from episodes 1 through 3. Now comes the Age of Rebellion comic line, starting with a series of one-shots by Greg Pak, 
Star Wars Age of Rebellion Princess Leia number one features art by Chris Sprouse and according to StarWars.com will arrive on April 3rd. It will follow Leia after the events of Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back and will tell the story of how Leia prepared for the rescue of Han Solo by taking on the identity of bounty hunter Bosch and how she must earn the trust trust of Bosch. Also coming is uh, Star Wars Age of Rebellion Grand Moff Tarkin number one, which will be illustrated by Mark Lamming and will hit shelves the week after Leia on April 10th and will explore how the Imperial Mastermind ensures that the Death Star lives up to its name before he got blown up. Also on April 10th, we get Star Wars Age Rebellion Special number one featuring three stories First from writer Cy Spurrier and artist Casper Weingard, we get the story of droid bounty hunter IG-88. Second, we get a, young, a, a Yoda story set during the Jedi Master's exile on Dagobah from writer Mark Guggenheim and artist Andrea Brocarda. And finally, from writer and artist John Adams comes a tale featuring Biggs Darklighter and Jack Porkins. Stay on target, stay on target. The Age Rebellion line will continue with some of some all new number ones: Han Solo number one, Boba Fett number one, Lando Calrissian number one, and Jabba the Hutt number one arrive in May, and Luke Skywalker and number one and Darth Vader number one will arrive in June. Now, don't get too comfortable with this comic with this line of comics, as this will be followed later this year by the Age of Resistance. Now, by the way. I'm not going to go much farther than this, but the Age Rebellion will feature a story featuring Jar Jar Binks using a lightsaber. Jar Jar Binks, still the real Phantom Menace. Now, congratulations are in order for Mark Hamill, as he has reached the 3 million follower mark on Twitter. He celebrated, tweeting, Very excited to realize I only have to gain 103 plus million more to match at Katy Perry. Plus uh, hashtag three Hamelin and counting untweet. If he manages that, he'll be in a very rarefied air indeed. As so far, only Katy Perry, Justin Bieber, and Barack Obama have broken a hundred million, which makes for a very interesting group. If you want to help the Last Jedi, you can follow him at Hamel himself. Now over to the Telephys side of the Force. The Mandalorian might still be a few months away from being fully formed and out on Disney+, Plus, but we will get to see some footage just in time for tax day here in the United States. This year, as reports are coming in, that the first footage will be seen on April 11th, the first day of the Star Wars celebration this year. The series will feature Pedro Pascal, Gina Carano, Giancarlo Esposito, Emily Swallow, Carl Weathers, Omid Abthi, Warner Herzog, and Nick Nolte. Hopefully some confirmation will be forthcoming from Disney or Lucasfilm shortly. And we have uh, confirmation from John Williams' personal friend, Mike, John Williams' personal friend, Mike Mazzino, that the legendary composer is doing fine and is going to work on the score for Episode 9. Williams had a health scare this p- past fall, and there was some question as to if he would be well enough to score the finality of the sequel trilogy. But Mr. Matsino 
told the message board on filmscoremonthly.com that, quote, John's doing just fine. He went to Ginny Man- Mancini's Twelfth Night party last week. Just a few people there, Norman Lear, Quincy Jones, Leslie Brucusi. I don't think he's working on episode 9 until the summer. The schedule is still being worked out, unquote. Episode 9 will be his final score for the franchise. However, those who go to the Galaxy's Edge attractions at Disney World or Disneyland will hear his music throughout the park. Now, let's go to some Star Trek news. Now, uh, we begin with the reminder that Star Trek Discovery takes place about 10 years before the original series. That being said, co-creator and showrunner Alex Kurtzman thinks that Discovery could have a run to rival the next generation Deep Space Nine or Voyager. Kurtzman, talking to StarTrek.com and, quote, said, quote, Trek, a lot, Trek, a lot of the series have gone for a long time, and the key is to constantly find a way to reinvent while also ha- always, while also always delivering what people expect from the show, unquote. That being said, he's thinking about the syncing up of canon, telling StarTrek.com that by the end of the season, they will be synced up, they'll be truly synced up with the canon. Another EP on Discovery, Heather Caden, added that, quote, I feel there's so many lifelong fans that everyone sits around the table and says, Oh my god, my dream would be if Harry Mudd were on the show, for an example. And obviously, that was still TOS. I think those things are always bantered. Uh, everything's always on the table there because there are certain characters people love. Now, unquote. Mary Wiseman, or Mary Wiseman came in and was like, So, how can we get Jean-Luc Picard on the bridge with me on Discovery? How can we figure that out? So, you know, everyone has that their fan favorite like that, unquote. Kurtzman then chimed in, quote, uh, But you do have to do it so carefully, and there has to be such a clear story re- reason to do it. Otherwise, it can feel gratuitous, unquote. Well, that sounds like they are aware that they shouldn't just throw a character on the show just to have that fan favorite character on the show. So maybe season three will just stand on its own with no known characters? Or maybe we can have Cybok in Season 3. Come on, we want some Cybok love. So, uh, where, does Al- where does Kurtzman think the previous treks went wrong? Taking, talking with the Variety TV t- Take podcast, quote, I think Deep Space Nine and Voyager got into a tricky spot where people were starting to feel they couldn't tell the difference between the shows even though they were very different. But I can't tell the difference, so why would I pick one over the other? Our job is to make sure that it feels like a very different prospect from any other Trek show that exists. In the same way in the world of Marvel or in the world of Pixar, you have multiple stories coexisting, although each one feels different, while there is an assumption and an understanding of what the brand identity of what that thing is, unquote. He then went on to talk about how the Marvel movies are all different from one another, and all the Trek shows should feel the same, should feel the same way. <sighs> you know, I don't think anyone has ever gotten confused watching the old Trek shows. 
as to what show they were watching. They had the same feel because they took place in the same time period. So the ships look similar to each other, the uniforms, you know, everything else. Now, anyway, the next Discovery backstory novel has been announced, and this one will feature Pike and the Enterprise. The novel, called Star Trek Discovery, The Enterprise War, will give the story of what the Enterprise was doing during the Klingon War. Here's the official description. An all-new novel based upon the explosive Star Trek TV series. A shattered ship. A divided crew. Trapped in the infernal nightmare of conflict. Hearing of the outbreak of hostilities between the United Federation of Planets and the Klingon Empire, Captain Christopher Pike attempts to bring the USS Enterprise home to join in the fight. But in the hellish nebula known as the Paragum, the stalwart commander instead finds an epic battle of his own, pitting ancient enemies against one another, with not just the Enterprise, but her crew as the spoils of war. Lost and out of contact with the Enterprise for an entire year, Pike and his trusted first officer, number one, struggle to find and reunite the ship's crew, all while science officer Spock confronts a mystery that puts even his exceptional skills to the test, with more than their own survival possible, possibly riding on the outcome. Unquote. The novel will be written by John Jackson Miller, whose previous work includes the Star Trek Prey trilogy and will be available on July 30th. CBS All Access has officially revealed that it's moving forward on the as-yet-untitled Emperor Giorgio Section 31 series. This new series is set to be produced by CBS Television Studios and written by Bao Young Kim and Erica Lippold, with Discovery showrunner Alex Kurtzman serving as exec producer alongside Heather Caden, Rod Roddenberry, and Trevor Roth. Kim and Lippold will co-executive produce with Aaron Byers. However, Executive Vice President of Original Content for CBS All Access says that we might not see it until after Discovery is done. Quote, When I look at how the schedule is theoretically laid out on my desk, it does not feel like it's one after another, she said. Some of these can be considered as replacements as opposed to additions. These Trek shows take a lot of incubation because they're very prep-heavy visual effects heavy, we're seeing it more as we're getting a good jump on making sure that there is a good fulsome stream of Trek material, unquote. You know, that might not be a bad idea as it wouldn't lead to Trek overload. Now, on to something else other than CBS All Access Treks. A baby male giraffe at the Albuquerque Biopark Zoo has been given a very Star Trek name, Neelix after the Talaxian chef played by Ethan Phillips on Voyager. The giraffe sports a punk-like hairdo and lots of spots, so I guess he kind of looks Talaxian. He was born at the zoo on January 6th to his mother Nara and will be staying on the indoor exhibit until the weather warms up. Now, IDW will be releasing a new series exploring the final year of Kirk's five-year mission aboard the Enterprise. Star Trek Year 5 will, according to the press release, see the USS Enterprise's homeward journey and will debut in April of 2019. A sweeping space Aussie developed by a brain trust of exceptional writers, 
Year 5 welcomes co-writers Jackson Lansing, Colin Kelly, and artist Stephen Thompson for its opening story arc, and painting Star Trek for the first time in all of his 60 years of professional illustration, Greg Hildebrand as cover artist for the debut issue. Unquote. Jackson Lansing says that, quote, Year 5 will be a vital, hard-hitting character-focused look at Captain Kirk on his last year in command. His actions will have a huge ripple effects from the outbreak of war in the Alpha Quadrant to an unprecedented strain of trust with Spock. We'll turn in a mirror we'll turn a mirror on our modern society just as Trek did in the nineteen sixties, and go boldly towards meaningful, heartfelt stories. Now let's go on to DC News. Now don't expect any more crossover DC movies. Comscore's senior media analyst Paul Dergarabedian told CNBC that Warner Brothers will put their primary focus on standalone movies only. Quote, I think they're in a real good spot right now, and perhaps the lesson learned from Aquaman and Wonder Woman will carry forward. Every individual studio has their own identity, and they don't always have to chase what the others are doing. Unquote. Now, this makes sense as Warner's has had its great success with Wonder Woman and Aquaman, while the Justice League team-up movie eh, fell flat. However, Warner Brothers isn't entirely giving up on team-up movies, as the Bird of Prey and Suicide Squad movies are still on the schedule. So if you want a big, flashy team-up movie, watch Marvel. If you want your solo adventures, well, take your pick. They both have good solo, solo movies. And uh, speaking of good solo movies, or at least ones that look good, a new trailer is out for Shazam, giving us our first look at The Seven Deadly Sins and Dr. Savannah. Let's take a look. Danny Batson, I choose you. Say my name so my powers will become yours. Shazam! I'd like to purchase some of your finest beer, please. Shazam. Hilaire. Yes. If you have a location, like on a cliff, like a castle-esque type thing. Overlooking some water. Overlooking some water, splashing on rocks and stuff, then we will take that. Experience it in IMAX. That trailer courtesy of Warner Brothers, and uh, it looks very good. Shazam director David Sandberg said, quote, It's a fun movie. It sounds like a pure comedy, but touches on some pretty dark subjects. I like to compare it to 80s movies like Goonies, like Ghostbusters, and Back to the Future. Like, it's a family kind of movie. It's not dark and grim, unquote. Now, speaking of Ghostbusters, we'll have some news about that later in the, broad- in the broadcast. The pilot episode for the Batwoman series will reportedly begin filming in March. The blog Hollywood Buzz reports that we'll begin filming in Vancouver, just like all the other Arrowverse shows, and will be helmed by showrunner Carolyn Dries. As to if the show will ultimately uh, pick, be picked up by the CW, well, we'll let you know when we find out. Now, The Axe 
has come down at DC Comics. According to advanced solicitations obtained by BleedingCool.com, Titans, Damage, and Scooby Apocalypse will end. DC has decided to go a different way creatively on the Titans comic, so the current run will end with episode with issue numbers 36. The end of Damage comes to no real surprise, as DC is ending a lot of the New Age of DC Heroes titles, and Scooby Apocalypse, well, that's a bit of a surprise. Not that it's being cancelled now, but that lasted 36 issues. Now here's the solicitation text for the last issue. Quote, Don't miss the series finale. It's the end of the road for the Mystery Machine. With their mall headquarters destroyed, Daphne, Shaggy, Velma, Scooby-Doo, and yes, Scrappy-Doo prepare for their final battle with the Nanite King and the resurrected Fred Jones could be the key to humanity's redemption or its annihilation. And in the final chapter of our Adam Ant epic, all our guest stars vote on who gets to join the Justice League, unquote. Well, it's not all bad for uh, solicitations in April, as uh, the Lucifer Omnibus, Volume 1, is uh, coming, quote, from the pages of the Sandman, Lucifer Morningstar, the former Lord of Hell, is unexpectedly called back into action when he receives a mission from heaven. But once he completes his mission, the Prince of Darkness's demand shakes the foundation of heaven and hell. Then, the Lightbringer brings work on a new creation outside the bounds of any authority but his own, and Lucifer must now face the challenge of single combat to death with his brother, the Angel of the Host, Aminadel. This new omnibus collects the Sandman Presents Lucifer number 1 through 3, Lucifer number 1 through 35, and Lucifer Nirvana number 1. Also coming out is the absolute art of Adam Hughes. Quote, This amazing collection features the best of Eisner award-winning artist Adam Hughes, covers for DC Comics, including covers for Wonder Woman, Catwoman, and more, plus commentary from the artist, rarely seen preliminary material, and even more. This title includes everything from Cover Run, the DC Comics art of Adam Hughes, plus more than 100 additional covers with new commentary. Now, it looks like April will have some good reading. Meanwhile, back at DC headquarters, the Hollywood Reporter reports that the axe truly has fallen at the company as it enters a major reorganization with three vice presidents shown the door and the DC Collectibles division moved to the Warner Brothers Consumer Products Toy Team. And ironically, Warner Brothers Consumer Products Division had just had its staff cut by 10%. Among those gone are Senior VP of Sales Trade Marketing, John Cunningham, SVP Art Director, Mark Chiarello, and VP of Consumer Marketing, Eddie Scannell. The layoffs at DC amount to 3% of its 2-person... That's 3% of its 240-person staff, or 7 people. DC is being reorganized into three divisions now. Editorial under SVP and Editor-in-Chief Bob Harris. Publishing and Manufacturing under Allison Gill. Senior VP of Marketing and Ops. And finally, Publishing Support Services, which will be under Hank Canellas, who will have the new title of SVP Publishing Strategy and Support Services. A memo was released to staff which says that DC is going back to, quote, its roots of delivering epic stories with our world-class characters, stories, and brand, unquote. And, that, and with that quote, the new streamlined structure is focused 
on creating, delivering, and supporting a robust publishing operation that will allow DC to be nimble, navigate, and industry in change, and thrive. Unquote. The last issue of Superman Giant number 7 is creating a bit of a stir in some circles. A story in the issue by Tom King sees Lois Lane repeatedly tortured and murdered. The story has Superman in an intergalactic waiting room, apparently stuck there for a while, and his mind keeps imagining ways that Lois could be in danger. Some of the internet have compared it to a snuff film or the women in refrigerators trope. Now, this is not the first time Mr. King's work has received backlash, as a leaked cover of Heroes in Crisis number 7 featured a dying poison ivy, and, and which leaked and caused King to ask DC to pull the cover. Now, there have been some fans calling for the removal of the issue from Walmart shelves, but as of yet, that hasn't happened. Now, let's take a note. That, let's take a moment to uh, listen to listen to this ad while I get some something to drink. I'd like to thank you for listening to this edition of Multiverse Tonight. You know, one way you can support the show is to listen to it through the Radio Public app. Every episode of Multiverse Tonight that is heard through the Radio Public app for iPhone or Android means that you can get this podcast and we get a couple of cents in our can. Find the Radio Public app in Google and iTunes app stores and give it a try today. Let's start Marvel news with a public service announcement from Samuel L. Jackson. Quote, You have to get past the Avengers and Marvel bleep at some point, okay? Other effing people make movies. Okay, some of the superheroes they make aren't as good, but this is not that bleep. This is not that. Unquote. This was in response to something that IGN had the actor do. They had him read comments from IGN users and comment on them. That quote was in response to a fan's request that he read the There Was an Idea speech from the Avengers. Not exactly the Shatner Get Life skit from Saturday Night Live. Now, award season is in full swing, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse has racked up another award, winning Best Animated Movie at the Producers Guild of America Awards. Earlier this year, it won the Golden Globe and is up for an Oscar award as well. We will t- we will uh, look at the Oscar nominations a little later in the show, but at, also at the PGA Awards, Marvel Studios mastermind Kevin Feige was honored with the David O. Selznick Achievement Award in theatrical motion pictures. The award is named after producer David O. Selznick, who is best known for producing Gone with the Wind. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse has also received another accolade. The song Sunflower from the movie soundtrack has reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. The song by Post Malone and Sway Lee has cre- was created for the movie, and Miles Morales can be heard singing it on and off throughout the movie. The whole soundtrack is number three on the Billboard 200. And even more accolades for Marvel, at the Screen Actors Guild Awards, Black Panther won outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture, as well as outstanding action performance by a stunt ensemble in a motion picture. Now, any dream you had of a Gambit movie might have just been turned into dust. The Channing Tatum vehicle looks to be dead, but you can't seem to tell Channing that. 
According to a report from Deadline.com, Channing has been considering directing the movie himself after previously attached directors Doug Lyman and Gore Verbinski came and went. However, with the eminent purchase of 20th Century Fox, which is uh, set to finalize soon, it's unlikely that Kevin Feige will follow through with the project. Also, due to the impending acquisition of Fox, The New Mutants has been delayed again. Originally, it was supposed to be out in April of 2018, then it was delayed to February of this year, and then again to August of this year. Now, a rumor surfaced on the Merc with a Podcast podcast that Fox, uh, and, that Fox and director Josh Boone are having trouble coming up with a final cut, and that could be released on Hulu in the fall. Will we see it? I guess only time will tell. Now, let's make a quick check in with that merger. Investment firm Morgan Stanley predicts that the acquisition could close in early March. Now, uh, I must say right here that I do hold stock in Disney, but uh, that's, you know, just a little to let you know. Money, 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 money. Anyway, uh, Marvel Comics has announced that Spider-Man is getting back in black. This April, in a five-issue miniseries, we get to revisit Black Suit Spider-Man. Symbiote Spider-Man is set before P- uh, P- Peter Parker learned that his new suit was more than just costume, but a living creature. Fan favorite author Peter David and artist Greg Land team up for this incont- new incontinuity tale set post-Secret Wars that will pit the web-slinger against Mysterio. In prep for this, editor Devin Lewis and David and Land did their homework. Quote, Now, I know a lot of y'all out there in Mighty Marveldom are going to scoff at that, that this story's incontinuity, but trust me, Peter, Greg, and I have all done our homework. We've read and reread the original Alien costume saga in its entirety, revisited old stories, and talked around those classics literally for hours. This is Peter Parker as Spider-Man wearing one of the most iconic costumes in all of comics. And we're treating this story with the, with the heart, seriousness, seriousness, and respect that this, that, that entitles as a result, unquote. You know, it's good to see Peter David writing Spider-Man again. He's always been one of my favorite writers. Now here's a tip. Go read his run on She-Hulk. It's great. Now, let's go to the geek news. Congratulations are in order as the Orville co-stars Adrian Palicki and Scott Grimes have gotten engaged. Adrian revealed the news on her Twitter with the tweet, quote, So happy to spend my life with you, at Scott Grimes, hashtag I do, hashtag I love you, unquote. Grimes has previously been married twice, and Palicki was previously engaged to Marvel stuntman Jackson Spidell. Now, the Orville's Second season is going along pretty well, and Palicki has uh, teased that the season will soon bring a huge storyline for Kelly, culminating in a, quote, kind of a two-parter at the end of the season, quote, unquote. That news comes from TV Line. Now, I hope you've been watching. Uh, This past episode, this past week was good, so uh, keep watching, and uh, 
if you want to join me, I'm live tweeting the show every every Thursday. So uh, stay tuned. Legendary comics artist George Perez has announced his retirement from comics. Perez, who is best known for his work on Teen Titans, Avengers, Wonder Woman, and much, much more, shared a letter with fans on his Facebook page to explain why he was retiring. Quote, To all my lovely, to all my loyal and kind fans who have supported me throughout the decades. In recent months, there has been a great deal of speculation as to the future of my career, my health, my ability to draw, and my future convention appearances. As a result, as a result, I would like to clear up everything firsthand so that hopefully any rumors, speculation, and misinformation can be laid to rest. With respect to future published work in comics and such, while I know it's been no secret that I've been dealing with a myriad number of health issues, diabetes, heart ailments, vision issues, etc., they have indeed forced me to, for all intents and purposes, formally retire from the business of creating new comic stories. In closing, please don't feel sorry for me about all these life and career changes. Thankfully, I earn more than enough income through royalties to have a comfortable life wherein I may never need to work again. Unless, of course, something really tempting comes along and I'm given sufficient lead time. Hey, you never know. Long story short, I will be just fine. I've had a wonderful, wonderfully good run doing exactly what I have wanted to do since I was a child. Now I can sit back and watch the stuff I helped create and entertain whole new generations. That's a pretty nice legacy to look back on. And so much of that is thanks to all of you, the greatest fans in the world. I am humbled and forever grateful, unquote. He goes on in the letter to describe his commissioned work and his few convention appearances, and he closed with, quote, Wishing you all a safe, happy, and healthy 2019 and beyond, George Perez, unquote. I would like to extend my well wishes to Mr. Perez, He's lived a long life well lived. Now, who are you going to call? Can you believe it's the Ghostbusters again? I think a lot of people were floored when a teaser trailer was dropped a few days ago for a new Ghostbusters movie set in the original universe instead of the recent reboot. Now, uh, while now this movie comes from Ivan Reitman's son, Jason, and has for who the Ghostbusters in the movie are or any other details, we don't have anything to go on. I guess we'll just have to wait. But we do know that it is scheduled for release on July 10th of 2020. Now, not everyone was happy about this announcement. Leslie Jones, who starred in the Paul Feig-made Ghostbusters from 2016, had some thoughts on the quote, to, for on her Twitter. Now, uh, I'll, I'm going to quote this, but it's going to be heavily redacted. So, so here we go. Quote, So insulting. Like, bleep us. We didn't count. It's like something Trump would do. In Trump voice, Going to redo Ghostbusters. Better with men. Will do, be huge. Those women ain't Ghostbusters. Ugh, so annoying. Such a dick move. And I don't give bleep. I'm saying something. And she released that on her uh, Twitter at LessDog, uh, January 19th, 2019. Now, me, personally, I liked the 2016 Ghostbusters film. I like all the Ghostbusters films. 
this just takes us back to the original universe. So I'm sorry to hear that her feelings were hurt. You know, maybe she and Justin Reitman can sit down and discuss it. And uh, maybe they could put her in there as a cameo. Just like Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd had a cameo in uh, the 2016 Paul Feig directed Ghostbusters. Now, let's go from ghosts to Fantastic Beasts. Warner Brothers has pushed the pause button on the production of Fantastic Beasts 3, according to report in Deadline. Apparently, this is due to necessity as more pre-production time is needed, and so shooting has been pushed back to the fall of this year. Shooting time was originally supposed to begin in July. Now, not much is known about what the film is and what it will be about, but we can expect that uh, Grindelwald and Dumbledore's relationship will be addressed, and lingering questions from the crimes of Grindelwald will be answered. The movie will be directed by David Yates, with uh, J.K. Rowling, David Hyman, Steve Clovis, and Lionel Wigram, who are all returning to produce. Uh, Bill S. Preston Esquire and Ted Theodore Logan are coming back to a theater near you this year. The executive producer of Bill and Ted Face the Music, Steven Soderbergh, hinted at Sundance that the movie would be out at the end. Quote, that'd be a good Christmas present, unquote. Now, this will be the first time we've seen these characters since 1991. Party on, dudes! Now, as for the award for We Didn't Ask for This, according to a report from Deadline, Kevin Hart and director Tim Story are in final negotiations to make, wait for it, a Monopoly movie. That Monopoly, the board game. Okay, someone clear up how how do you make a this game into a movie? You know, you know th- th- this is beyond me. Uh, well, before we go, let's have a rundown of the nominations for the Academy Awards. Incredibles 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse are all up for the Best Animated Feature. Mary Poppins Returns is up for Production Design. Black Panther is up for Sound Editing, Sound Mixing, Production Design, and Best Picture. And Black Panther and Mary Poppins Returns are both up for Original Score and Original Song. Mary Poppins Returns is up for Costume Design and Production Design. And finally, Visual Effects you know, where the geeky movie magic usually shines, uh, is uh, up for that award is The Avengers Infinity War, Christopher Robin, First Man, Ready Player One, and Solo, A Star Wars Story. Here's hoping for all genre wins, the Oscars will be handed out on February 24th. Now, this brings us to the end of another big show. Now, uh, be sure to check us out on social media. We're at Twitter at Multiverse Tom and on Facebook and Instagram as well. Now, if you're a subscriber, be sure to share us with your friends. And if you're brand new to the show, please be sure to subscribe and leave us some feedback and let us know how we're doing. Special thanks to Lobo Loco for our theme music. Thanks for watching Multiverse tonight. We'll be back in two weeks. Now, please exit the universe in an orderly fashion. Good night.
Multiverse Tonight is a production of Half Big Genre Productions. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.